Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Radio Harambe. This is Safari Mike, and I'm with my uh, lovely co-host, Christina. Say hello, Christina. Hi. And uh, today we're actually going to do another uh, round of things you didn't know. And that is where I go through uh, some things you, you know, most people don't know about a particular uh, thing in the Disney's Animal Kingdom or Animal Kingdom Lodge, and we see if Christina knows them. And you at home will also see if you uh, if you knew them, but today we're going to do uh, a, a place that we don't ordinarily talk about, and that was Rafiki's Planet Watch. But before we do that, I want to um, remind everybody to check out our T Public stores. Uh, you can check it out on my Twitter handle at Jumbo Everyone or. Uh, our uh, Instagram pages, Disney's Animal Kingdom or uh, Safari underscore Mike. You'll see the link. Go on there. And all monies that we make on the sale of T-shirts now for probably for at least the next couple of months will be going to Red Pandas. And why is that? Well, that's because Disney just released Turning Red. A, uh, we started watching that. We haven't completed it yet, but it's it's kind of cute. I enjoy, I'm enjoying Turning Red. Um, but, of course, it's about, um, to some degree, a red panda. So we were donating all of our proceeds to red pandas for the next couple of months. But now I want to get right cracking into our episode of 10 Things You Didn't Know About Rafiki's Planet Watch. Probably the most or the least visited attraction in all of Disney's Animal Kingdom. And probably because you have to get on that train to go over there. But it is um, probably the least talked about, the least appreciated. I think, at least on our show, we very rarely talk about it, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to to talk about Rafiki's Planet Watch. Um, my personal opinion of Rafiki's Planet Watch is that it doesn't quite do what it's supposed to do, especially since they've removed like half of uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch to do that animation experience thing, which has nothing to do with conservation, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think it could do a little bit better job of uh, conservation and uh, education and maybe a few different kinds of animals. And I've, you know, many times we talk about, um, you know, what we'd see like added to the park. A lot of times I will talk about adding something to Rafiki's Planet Watch to kind of spruce it up a bit, whether it's a trail for uh highly endangered animals or i've mentioned a uh, botanical garden uh, at times as things we could do but today we're going to talk about rafiki's planet watch um and we're going to go through the some of the things you may or may not know um i don't know before we get to that though what are your uh, thoughts on rafiki's planet watch uh it's cute that's pretty much um, what everybody says you know it's, it's, it's okay but have I been there the last four or five times? I haven't. 
Oh, that's interesting. I did go there last time I was there with, when I took my kids. We were there for a little bit. I will tell you that if if I'm at a, if I'm at Disney World for three for seven days, I'll usually hit the Animal Kingdom three or four times during the trip. If I go to Rafiki's Planet, Rafiki's Planet Watch once, that'd be it. I don't go there often. I mean, I'll walk through all the animal trails. I'll, you know, I'll do the safaris like eight times in three days. But Rafiki's Planet Watch, I might go out there, check it out for a little bit, and come back. I mean, it's not really a... The last time we went, it's because they have three badges in the Wilderness Explorers thing. And that was the number one reason we went. Otherwise, uh, if you're lucky, you see them working with an animal, but that doesn't always happen. Well, that's Uh, one of my questions coming up, one of the things you didn't know. Okay. (laughs) I mean, in, for a while they tried it as like a character meet and greet area, but I still think you um, still get to meet Rafiki out there. The lines, yeah. No, the last time I went, there was Rafiki wasn't there. It oh was no, like all right. McStuffins. Oh okay, they had okay, the animal, okay. Animal Hospital spinoff of her thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I will tell you uh, that the other uh, sometime host, Dave, or former host, or whatever you want to call him. His son absolutely loves Rafiki's Planet Watch because of the affection section where and there's like some animal that he always sees. I forget what it was, but he knows the name of it and he always wants to go see that particular you know goat. I forget what the name of the goat was, but uh, he loves that, that one area. So at least we know somebody who loves Rafiki's Planet Watch. But let's get to the questions uh, or the 10 things you didn't know. Rafiki's Planet Watch, of course, was an original attraction. It was uh, there uh, from April 22, 1998, when the park opened, um, unlike some other places like Pandora or Asia. Um, But its name changed during the Millennium Celebration. So sometime in 2001, it was changed to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Christina, do you know what the original name of Rafiki's Planet Watch was? Earthwatch? Uh, not a terrible guess, but no. It was called <laughs> Conservation Station. That was the initial oh, name of you that area. Mistakenly say that. Yeah, I, so I, I still do. I still do. Well, that's why I still called uh, Hollywood Studios MGM Studios sometimes too. So that's number one. You're already over one. Don't don't worry though. I, when Dave and I did these, he would maybe get two. So <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> now, of course, did, I didn't know I was being tested. <laughs> Of course. To uh, now, um, obviously, to get to Rafiki's Planet Watch, you do have to take the Wildlife Express, which is a uh, train ride going out to Rafiki's Planet Watch. And I, I really like the area uh, at the Harambe Market where the train goes by. You can mm-hmm. sit right by it and see the train go by. It is a one point two mile ride, and the uh, they actually brought an Imagineer George McGinnis out of retirement to design. Uh, these tr- these trains they are supposed to be reminiscent of the early 20th century English locomotives, which were quite common in Africa in the uh, at the turn of the century. Uh, Africa, uh, if anybody's watched a, a you know a Lawrence of Arabia or any out of Africa or anything, there's always trains were crisscrossing the continent um, that was very common back then. Did you know though that Disney originally planned for the train? to be the vehicle for the Kilimanjaro safaris. Their original thought was you would get on a train to and go through around the safaris before coming back home. Did you know that? 
Now you have to be honest because David always always honest. <laughs> no, I didn't. Know. Yeah, neither did I, to be honest, until I started looking at this. So, <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't know how I would feel about it because with the truck you're able to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they wouldn't be able to uh, have it laid out like they do because the tr- cars actually have to stop. I mean, some of my best moments on there were because there was an animal crossing mm-hmm. in front of us or. Uh, when you gave me the heads up and I was visiting my family that there is a baby giraffe and we saw it seconds right. after, I mean, still goo all over yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, and if we were on a train, I probably wouldn't have, they wouldn't have stopped the cars. No, they wouldn't have. And I probably would have missed it. Now, and and the, the attraction itself would have to be designed differently because just as you said, I mean, Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. you can't have a runaway train <laughs> clobbering through wildebeest or giraffe. So the, there would be moats and, the, you know, the animals wouldn't be so close. You wouldn't get those great uh, – I mean, I, a couple of times I've been on it where the giraffe was literally – I mean, you could almost reach out and pet it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, of course, you wouldn't be able to do that if, you, if this was a train ride. So I'm glad they didn't do that. But it's interesting to note that uh, at early plans had them as a train ride because, as I said, trains were very common in the turn of the century Africa, and they still are today, uh, as a means of transportation. There are uh, three locomotives. They are red, black, and green. Um, and you can see, I, 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 maybe you've noticed this, but on the train itself, there is a lot of luggage all over the place as kind of thematic. It's supposed to be a real train across the continent. So, you know, there's on top of the train, there's luggage and chairs and people's paraphernalia and stuff like that. And even in the stations, there's like a, they have like a little section closed off for fake luggage. Did you know that the green train is named R? Baba Hapur, and that is actually in honor of Bob Harper, who was instrumental in the designing the railroad at uh, Magic Kingdom. He was sort of, quote-unquote, Disney's train guru after Disney himself passed away. I'm assuming you didn't know that because I sure as hell did not. Man, you were going deep on this. No, of course not. (laughs) These are things people don't know about Rafiki's Planet Watch. I'm I'm educating the public, um, including ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> so let's go to number four. So, Christina, you're 0 for 3. I'm sorry that you're 0 for 3 so far. Now, once, of course, you get to uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch, or to the end of the train ride, I should say, there's a kind of a long walk, which is a weird design, but that's how they did it. It's a kind of a long walk to the actual Rafiki's Planet Watch, and you walk past Habitat Habit, among other things. And this shows um, conservation at home. They, they show what, like, butterfly, you know, what plants to plant to attract butterflies. They show what bat houses are. Did you know, however, that this area was also the first area or the original home of the cotton top tamarins who are now have since moved over to Discovery Island by the Tree of Life? Did you know that one? I didn't. I'm a little bummed because I thought you were going to ask me that. I said, oh, no, I helped my son get a badge in that area. I know all about it. But no, I didn't. They didn't mention that part. <laughs> it was. It was originally where they had the cotton top tamarins. Um, you would be able to uh, – it was like a – they had like a little exhibit there. The exhibit they have now is actually significantly better. But they had a little area for the cotton top tamarins um, at that point. Um now you get to the building. The building, of course, is beautiful. It has that uh, beautiful mosaic of uh, all the different endangered animals uh, on the outside of the building as well as right when you walk in. 
Um, and that mosaic was actually built in Florida. I mean, sorry, built in Italy and flown in or shipped to Florida in different parts and assembled there. But it was Italian designers that did that. Did you know, however, inside there was a uh, talking recycle bin called Pippa originally that was kind of the brother to you ever see the trash can uh yeah. push yep. out in magic kingdom they used to have one in rafiki's planet watch that was a recycling bin that would you know talk to people as they walk by obviously it was a cast member did that i don't remember ever seeing that but that was there when the park first opened <laughs> that's a hard one i understand yeah. that that's a hard one all right so now uh we were talking a little bit about at the beginning that this is a place you can see uh, veterinarians at work. Mm-hmm. They have their examination room slash operating room on display so that, um, you know, instead of being walled off, one wall is completely glass and then you can watch things going on. But did you know, do you know when the best time is to see things going on at uh, the vet station? Good morning. Very good. You got one. I'm going to give you that one. It's actually weekday mornings. But yes, weekday mornings. They schedule... The doctor works on the weekends. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, I know they have a vet on call in case something happens. Yeah. But yeah. But um, yeah, weekday mornings... You said the best. So we're, we're excluding emergencies. Exactly right. So uh, weekday mornings will be scheduled exams. And oftentimes they'll actually have the schedule on, on the, on the uh, window there so that you could see like... Today at 10 o'clock is a tiger exam and 11 o'clock an IBIS, you know, whatever. Um, they keep the afternoons open for, um, similar to weekends, for emergencies. So if uh, something happens during the course of the day, there needs to be an operation. So if you see something going on in the afternoon, in all likelihood, it was a last-minute addition to the vet's schedule. So um, I thought that was somewhat interesting. Next to the vet veterinarian station is another glass window that kind of looks out like people working at workstations. Do you know, Christina, what that uh, little section is called? Where's people working at workstations? Yeah, you know where you, you look at the vets, there's the vet, the operating room. To the right of that is another glass window with like computers and different types of things. There's actually a um, at least the, oftentimes there's a, like a little exhibit right in front of it about animal feces, animal poop it's called. And there's like little like – dist- it's clo- It's called the Wildlife Tracking Center. It was originally uh, opened uh, to – and they, did, they actually did track wildlife uh, from, that, from that facility to sort of study them and, and um, uh, do things like that. Another thing – at Rafiki's Pun and Watch. We're now at number eight. You've gotten one so far, which is actually better than Dave usually used to do all the time. <laughs> there is another one. It's called, um, I don't know if you've ever been to this exhibit, the Songs of the Rainforest. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to get this one right, I think. Um, it's, of course, you go inside a small room. It's dark, and you're, um, you listen to the, the, well, the sounds of the rainforest. Oh, you, you could listen to <laughs> bugs. There's other animals, owl hoots. Do you know, Christina, who the narrator is of the Songs of the Rainforest? It's Mother Willow. I'm going to give you credit for that one. It's actually Grandmother Willow, but you're right. (laughs) So you got two. Very good, babe. Very good. So, yes, Grandmother Willow, um, even though she has nothing to do with the rainforest, she's from Pocahontas. I love that attraction. 
That it, is my favorite part of Rafiki's Planet Watch because I think it's it's a different sense than what you're used to using exactly. at a theme park. It's awesome. Exactly. And and um, for anybody who's ever actually been in a true rainforest, um, the rainforest uh, itself, much of the life and the light is above. It's, you know, the canopy is where a lot of the action is. Down below can be dark, could be certainly damp. And um, certainly if there's not a lot of light, it gets very dark there. So you have to, and all the animals in that area um, use sound or scent, sense of smell uh, to get around. So it really kind of puts you in the, in the, in the position of, you know, maybe like a small deer going through the bottom of the rainforest, listening to everything around. So I like it too. I think it's, a, it's very well done. Uh, and it's often overlooked by people. Number nine is the affection section. Did you know that the affection section houses two of the original cast members of Disney's Animal Kingdom? And I say that in tongue-in-cheek because there are two miniature horses there called Jack and Jill who predate the park itself. They were there before any guests were there. Uh, they're still alive today. They're 25 years old. And uh, there are two miniature horses, horses called Jack and Jill. I'm assuming you probably didn't know that one because neither did I. No, I didn't. <laughs> And last but not least, number 10. Um, did you know that the Rafiki's Planet Watch itself was strategically placed right when you come out of Gorilla Falls or Pangani Forest Trail, whatever it was called at the time? It was originally called Gorilla Falls. To, to have people, they thought people, after they rode the safaris, after they went on the Gorilla Trail, they'd be like, hey, Let's go to Rafiki's Planet Watch. Let's see how they care for animals. And you get to, you get to see some uh, information about nutrition, about you know, the vets and all that kind of stuff. But it was actually strategically placed right when you come out of the Gorilla Falls uh, for that purpose. Did you know that? No, I knew the train tie-in they wanted to be part of Harambe in Africa, mm-hmm. but... Well, that's you know, but you're, you that sort of goes hand in hand with that. So, um, I'll give you a half a point for that one. <laughs> we'll get two and a half points. So, those are ten things that um, you know people don't really know about Rafiki's Planet Watch. Um, like I said, I like Rafiki's Planet Watch. I think they could do a little bit more uh, with the with the area itself. I mean, I think a few more animals. There are uh, animal exhibits there. There are um, – they're very kind of staid terrariums. They, it's kind of supposed to look like a lab and they're keeping the animals there in the lab. There are – there's a couple of snakes. There's a tarantula. There's – I think there's walking sticks in there too. Um, there um, – I think they could do a little bit more even outside of Rafiki's Planet Watch. I think some animals, not just the affection section but you know maybe some other kind of – you know, even if it's more kid-friendly kind of animals like small deer, you know, or, or you know, armadillos or something like that, you know, like kind of like laid-back kind of um, animals that you know kids may enjoy. I always thought the two things I've always wanted to see there was number one, if they could do a trail of highly endangered animals, I think that would fit the theme of Rafiki's Planet Watch perfectly. Um, you know. There, there are so many animals that you, that are very endangered, like Mexican wolves, for example, that we talked about earlier before, or uh, Sumatran rhinos, a personal favorite of mine, things like that. You know, I actually had 
something for Rafiki's Planet Watch on my backup for our wish list in case you picked something I picked. Okay, so let's hear it since we didn't use it. Uh, I was just going to say the other one we we already talked about a little bit. I I think um, one of the things that Disney... Disney's Animal Kingdom doesn't really focus on is plants and a botanical garden, like a real botanical garden. It doesn't have to be huge, but just like a greenhouse with like rare plants. Because plants are just as endangered as animals. I mean, there are plants in the wild that are very endangered. There are some plants that only grow on one side of a mountain. Um, you know, there's not that many that exist in the whole world. Um, I know there are some orchids that there are only like a handful that are still left in rainforest due to deforestation and stuff like that. So a, a botanical garden, like a peaceful botanical garden that you can walk through for, for a little bit would be, I think, just a great draw and bring people out there. But what was your uh, backup? It's similar with the garden, but, okay. you know, thinking hands-on kids, that kind of thing. Um, and then also the cycle of nature in life. Mm. And when you go through the butterfly part, they talk about pollinators and what you can do to build a pollinator garden in your area, things like that. Uh, same thing with the bees or the uh, bats and how to put a bat house right. up, that kind of thing. So they're really encouraging you to learn things and then bring them home into your own environment. And I thought... Um, there's a place here you and I go to. It's a co- like a community garden type place. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be really awesome to have a community garden there. And then, you know, because Disney likes to sell things, you could sell garden kits and like teach kids, oh, in your area, this would grow well. This would bring the kind of pollinators in your area and really teach them how to further this because it's one thing to learn about things that happen in Africa. It's another thing to learn about how you can contribute to the ecosystem in your own home. Right. I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's an excellent idea. And you, you made me think of something. The store there mm-hmm. at Rafiki's Planet Watch is, you know, kind of ho-hum. It sells your, you know, your Simba plushes and a couple of T-shirts or whatever. Why not sell uh, bat house kits? Yeah. I mean, you just saw how great it is to have a bat house. Bring about community gardens for kids, right? You know, little starter pots and things like exactly. that that you can, you know, hey, put this out and butterflies will come. Mm-hmm. Um, you sell the seeds and all that kind of stuff. Bird feeders for this, how to bring out the birds. Bird feeders is another excellent one that they could sell there. Houses. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can further small conservation in your own ecosystems that I think it would be a really good hub for learning about that and then furthering its reach back to people's homes. I totally agree. I think that would be uh, a great, uh, you should have saved that for next year's uh, <laughs> things. Oh, I'll forget. It's, it's only March. I'll forget by that. It doesn't matter. You say the same things anyway. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, anyway, so that is another episode of uh, Radio Harambe. Uh, again, I want to direct everybody's attention to our tea Public Store as we're raising money for Red Panda Conservation. So if you're uh, watching Turning Red on Disney+, Plus, uh, while you're doing that, get on your phone. Go to my uh, Twitter page, at Jumbo Everyone. Click on the tea Public uh, uh, site, the link, excuse me, and, you know, buy some cool T-shirts. Can I say something on that? I recently found out... So under the T-shirts, and I'm not sure why this isn't on T-shirts, but summer's coming up. People are planning to go to Orlando. We all know that's very hot. If you go to apparel, you can get tank tops 
Ah, yes. You can get the designs on tank tops, which I, you know, we live in a desert area where there's no way I'm wearing sleeved clothes in the summer. And you can get, you know, athletic wear ones, the Razorback Athletics and, um, you know, different ones like that. So click on the apparel because there's more options there than they have with the T-shirts. There's long sleeve shirts. There's hoodies. Hoodies, There's tank tops. I mean, I didn't realize till recently that. I could get these designs on Tinko. And, and some of the designs look really cool on stickers, too. And you can get mouse pads and yes. mugs and things like that, too. So, yeah, I mean, check out all the all the things at the bottom of the... I know it pops up when you look at it. It's T-shirts, 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 yeah. and that's what you see when... But if you go below that and, you know, dig around a little bit, you'll see all sorts of different uh, things you can get, like tank tops, like hoodies, like, you know, uh, stickers and mouse pads and things like that. So, absolutely, and all of it. All the money we we make goes right to a Red Panda Converse, uh, I almost said conversation, conservation. So, again, I thank everybody for uh, listening to this episode of Radio Harambe. Uh, Kwaharini and go well. <laughs> Kwaku walufwa melako Na kungungu Na utukuku